Hello everyone. I'm so excited tonight because we're doing a little bonus episode to follow up on June's uh, month of reading, Delaware focused reading. So we did a library episode. We did an episode with local author, David Teague. And Dee, you want to tell us who we have tonight? So tonight we have Andrew Schaefer, a much awaited guest. We met him first through Twitter um, last summer when we were tweeting about some summer reading we had planned and then in person at the Hocassin Bookshelf during a reading event. So Andrew um, can brag that he is a New York Times bestselling author. I brag about that all the time. You can brag about it on the podcast too. As you should. It is a well-earned title. Some of our listeners might know you from The 50 Shames of Earl Grey. Um, but chances are they probably know you from Hope Never Dies, an Obama-Biden mystery. Um, so that became available last summer, and you just came out with Hope Rides Again, the sequel, this summer. So welcome, Andrew. Well, thanks for having me, E and D, right? Yeah. Is that what how we do it? Okay. Right. okay. Well, as one of our friends pointed out, um, and we haven't taken them up on this brilliant marketing suggestion, um, since I'm D and Emily is E, we are... Del- like we are Delaware, like DE. It was like, we're oh, corny, wow. but we That's... might not be that corny. Yeah, we're not that corny. Um, D is sort of just my nickname for Dara. But um, so you can you can call us D and E or Dara and Emily is also fine. Okay, I'll, I'll think about it. By the end of the episode, I'll have made my decision. And I'll let everybody know. And then they will know the official names for the Della Darlings. Yes, yes. We look forward to it. Wonderful. So um, we got to hear this story last year when we met you at your Q&A, Andrew. But um, what made you decide to write an Obama-Biden mystery? Well, the original idea came to me when I saw a photo of Joe Biden staring sort of forlornly out the windows of uh, the West Wing with his aviator shades on, Obama in the background. And the joke had always been that that vice presidents have nothing to do in the White House. And so they have to find something to do. And so my idea was to actually have Joe Biden having like a Walter Mitty-esque sort of inner life where he would solve like dog nappings and stuff around the White House. And um, that was kind of uh, met with a E from publishers um, until I added Barack Obama to the mix. And I said, well, what if they actually are both detectives and it's sort of a buddy cop story, um, a love story, if you will, like the notebook or a lethal weapon. And so, um, and so once we got the, those two components together, um, you know, it was sort of writing on the popularity at the time of the Obama Biden memes. And everyone said, Hey, you know, we don't know how good we've had it for eight years. Um, and we want to see more of these, these two together. So that's where the idea originated from, really. And that's how the Quirk Books in Philadelphia picked up on it. Well, so I think I remember from you talking at the Hocus and Bookshelf last year that it was also just easier to get into the writing voice of Joe. Like the, he kind of has that like folksy, like, well, I think he's also sort of like the, a heightened version of himself. Is that like, yeah, yeah, it, it was such a, yeah, it was an easier voice to get into. The first person narrator in the books is uh, Joe Biden. And uh, I, you know, I tried to get into the Barack Obama viewpoint, but you just imagine that Barack Obama is so cool and so almost aloof 
um, and that that it's you know it's like listen, listening in on Sherlock's thoughts. You don't get that in in Arthur Conan Doyle's books. And I said, oh well, this is how you make someone seem otherworldly and intelligent is you just don't go inside their head and you can just imagine anything happening in there. And that's kind of what people thought about Barack Obama in a way was uh, you know they think about him almost as if he's superhuman. Um, and, uh, you know, so that's, that's sort of, uh, how I decided to write the books was using that Sherlock Watson dynamic. So now you've talked about getting into the head of Joe. I'm wondering like how you got into the head of a Delawarean. Cause you have a bunch of local shout outs in the first book because it takes place in Delaware. Like there are nods to like the Wilmington police. You give a shout out to the news journal, which is our local paper, um, and then you, you mentioned things like the riverfront and the Blue Rock Stadium. So how did you do your research? And like, did you have a, a Delawarean that, that you phoned a friend for, for facts and insight? <laughs> um, I, I, I did know a couple of Delawareans and a few uh, Delawarean, former Delawareans um, actually worked at the publisher Quirk Books. So I, I had people that were ready to tell me if I got something uh, incredibly embarrassingly wrong. But for the most part, uh, I, I did what I do when I'm like thinking about moving someplace is I go just onto the internet and I look at like these, like there's like these city pages with people saying, Hey, I was thinking about moving to this area. Uh, what's the crime like? And then like 30 people will chime in with different opinions about their hometown. And I just find those uh, sort of pages fascinating because everybody has such a different opinion of their own hometown. But that's what I, that's what I like to, that's how I did a lot of the research was, was I just, I just said, Oh, what's this like? What's this like? And, and one of the, the weirder things I, I hear one of the interns in the background there actually. Um, yes. The intern, <laughs> she's, she, you know, she thought you were coming here and she would get to meet you. So she's I she's very disappointed. She, she didn't understand it's that we were recording remotely. <laughs> you know, not everybody does get to meet New York Times bestselling author Andrew Schaefer in person. And I understand <laughs> the disappointment. Um, but but I had actually described some of the areas in the book so accurately that somebody came up to me at a reading and said, that, that apartment complex that you describe in here, that's my apartment complex. It is oh a total God. crap hole. How did you oh know how God. how awful it was and what an eyesore it was? And I was like, I you know, I I Google. <laughs> I Google Maps. I was like, that doesn't belong in that neighborhood. So <laughs> Well, um, so you talked about finding these city pages and and now of course you've met some Delawareans because you visited the first mm-hmm. state for the very first time last summer. Um I'm worried. I'm wondering, like, what about Del- Delawareans are kind of famously quirky and obsessed with Delaware. What did what did you learn? And do you now want to move to Delaware? <laughs> you know, I I really want to move almost everywhere that I visit, um, which is terrible because I did this once. Uh, my wife and I moved to Portland, Oregon, and then we realized very quickly why you don't just move somewhere that you've gone on vacation, even if you've gone there a number of years. Um, that you know that honeymoon period is 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 pretty small there. So, um, but I but I have been to Delaware now, I can say that, um, and not just driven through it on my way 
to or through Maryland or Pennsylvania or one of the 12 states that I think border it. Um, you know, in a way, it, it was really surprised. I was really surprised because uh, the the East Coast is such a uh, uh, it's so jam packed with stuff. You know, I'm from Iowa originally, and once I and then when I started driving through Delaware, I was like, "Ooh, there's like farms and stuff here, and there's cows," and it reminded me um, quite a lot of Iowa actually. So um, it was, and and then I was like, "Oh, and you have a beach too." Um, and there was just a bit, a little bit of everything, you know, all in one state. Um, there may have been a corn stalk or two. I don't know. I don't really remember. There probably was. I probably, there probably yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned being from Iowa, and I believe you you also attended the Iowa Writers Workshop, which is it's a kind of famous workshop for for writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you've kind of you've you've done a lot, and I know that some people you know, might be surprised to, to hear that you've made, you've now made a career out of writing Biden Obama mysteries, although I'm sure Emily isn't. Um, but could you tell <laughs> us a little bit about yourself as a writer? And like, is this the path that you saw yourself on? Um, I, I never saw myself doing anything that was remotely political, I would say. So that's kind of the only outlier. But I've always thought, saw myself as someone who wrote humorous books, um, except for when I was in the, the writer's workshop program. Um, I actually, it was a very s- serious program, you know, and, and I was only in like a special summer semester, but then I studied with all of the students in, in undergrad classes, but it was a very, very serious literary, um, you know, endeavor that they're in there. They're examining stuff sentence by sentence and I knew that I was in the wrong place when I wrote a story about a vampire and someone said, that's such a wonderful metaphor, you know, for the, the, the and I go, no, that's actually a vampire in the story. It's sucking <laughs> blood. And they're like, that's not a metaphor. And I go, no, no. And so I knew right then that something was a little bit off about me. I was like, oh. I don't think this is the right place for me. And so it's, you know, it took me a long time and, and to actually find out what type of books I did want to write, but I'd always had in the back of my head that, you know, I mean, they were right in front of me the whole time. I've always read mysteries and thrillers and I don't know why I never really tried to write one. I just thought, Oh, you have to be like super smart to, you know, uh, figure out a crime or something. And what I didn't realize at the time was, you know, uh, you know, criminals are mostly stupid. So um, to come up with a criminal scheme is is not that difficult. And to put that into fiction, you know, I mean, yeah. And then you also have to have the police or the amateur sleuth go down a few dead ends. But hey, in real life, they don't solve a heck of a lot of crimes. So um You know, they're not, you know, Einstein either. So I was like, oh, I guess maybe I'm just smart enough to write a mystery. So that's sort of how I found my way to mysteries. But the whole political thing, you know, I don't know. I, 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 you know, in Delaware, I don't know how political things, it's a very different type of politics than we had in Iowa because we were the, the first in the nation caucus every four years, which means that pretty much political ads are running all the time. You know, there's no off season. (laughs) Um, 
when people are vying for your attention for the presidential nomination and you're the first ones that get to decide. So, um, you know, that's, that was kind of the thing was, I was like, I don't want to do anything that's related to politics, anything but that. And, uh, Hey, you know, here we are. So I think that was a great way to sort of get us through how you ended up writing the first one. We really enjoyed it. Um, sneak peek for those who haven't read it. Um, we did an episode last year where we sort of chatted about it without giving away any ending. So you can go back and listen to that. But you have um, a character with the last name Capriotti. So we're all very familiar with my favorite place to get a Bobby. Um And, you know, it's all around an Amtrak murder and Biden is all over the Wilmington area with Obama. So it's a fun read. Um, And you are doing the sequel that's coming out. I I think it's coming out this week. I don't think it's out yet. Um, And so what can you tell us about that book and how it's sort of different and continues the story? Uh, You know, for for the uh, Delaware listeners, um, the first thing you'll notice is that it's actually set in Chicago, the second book. (laughs) So um, I guess we can just stop talking right now. Now, um, uh, a a Wawa, am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I went into one of these places and I it's a a gas station. Uh, That's what we call them in Iowa. Um, And, (laughs) you know, another funny thing about Iowa was we actually had one of the first uh, Capriati's uh, like franchise locations. And so Mm -hmm. I had after DC and Vegas, right? Yeah. DC and Vegas and then Iowa followed. Yeah. It was so weird. I had long, so I had long been familiar with Capriati's and it wasn't until, uh, you know, I went to Delaware and people are like, Oh, how'd you find that name? And I'm like, I, it's just a sandwich shop we've always had. What are you talking about? <laughs> we just have those. And they're like, no, not everybody does. Um, and so shout out to the Bobby. Now, oh, uh, so good. So good. You could talk about the Bobby forever. But the second book here uh, deals with Chicago. So it's on Obama's, uh, uh, his adopted hometown's turf. And it's a, it's a little bit of a faster paced story. I think there's a little more action. I was, uh, you know, I was sort of trying to see how far I could push things without jumping the shark. And then my, my editor showed me the artwork for the cover, which features a helicopter, um, with Barack Obama and Joe Biden dangling from a helicopter by a ladder a rope ladder. And then there's, they're on Lake Michigan. And I was like, Oh no, I'm, I, I'm going to go for it. She goes, is there any way you can put this scene into the book? And I was like, absolutely. (laughs) So it, it, it jumps the shark, um, of which there, there aren't any sharks in Lake Michigan. There's, there's carp. That's about it. Um, but I've, yeah, I've had people that read it that again, are from, Chicago and they say, how did you find all this stuff out about us? And I just tell them, you know, uh, internet. Um, but it, but Chicago was a place I was much more familiar with than Delaware. So I, I grew up about four hours from Chicago. So it was kind of like the big city that we would go to as teenagers. Um, you know, it's where you went to buy your weed and everything back in the day. And, and so it was, um, um, you know, 
you can bleep that out if this is like a, a PG <laughs> podcast or something. I mean, I I think that's okay. I don't think that falls under explicit. So I think I don't think right. so. I don't think so. Um, it, you know, and so it was it was a city that I was very familiar with. I'm a I'm a Cubs fan. Been a, been a long time Cubs fan, and grew up watching WGN, which was home to Bozo the Clown, and um, so like Chicago felt like sort of a second home for me. And I think it felt like a second home for a lot of people that grew up watching. Um, uh, I almost said John Waters movies, but I meant John Hughes movies. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, there's two very different uh, filmmakers. And, and so it felt like sort of a, you know, if you've watched Ferris Bueller's day off, um, you know, you, you kind of have a feeling of what Chicago's about. Um, and I kind of wanted to play with play around with that in the book. I've been to Chicago a few times, so I'm pretty excited to see like what of the landmarks and places I've been have ended up in the book um, and to see where the story goes next. If I remember correctly, Joe Biden is still the narrator. Is that right? Yep. yep. Joe is still the narrator. Um, and it takes place this year, uh, 2019, uh, around St. Patrick's Day. So there's a big St. Tra- Patrick's Day parade. And I don't know if you've seen the color that they dye uh, the river in Chicago on St. Patrick's Day, but it is mm-hmm. the most hideous nuclear waste green you can imagine. And I've been there a couple times for it. And it is so disturbing and vibrant in person. Um, it's, it, it truly has to be seen in person, I think. So you Um, just had to put it in the book. So I just, yeah, I was like, you know what, I'm going to put it, it's, there's, there's really, you know, only, you know, one or two very Irish, it's probably right behind Boston as the most Irish Catholic, uh, city in the United States Mm -hmm. and Joe Biden, Irish Catholic narrator, um, of course, I was like, he is going to see all these people wearing shamrocks and and just drinking and puking in the street and stuff. And he is going to get so upset and frustrated by, you know, what a mockery of, of uh, you know, Ireland it's making and stuff. So I was like, oh, this sets up the, the perfect situation to drop Joe Biden into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, has Joe Biden ever reached out to you about the books? Um, he did, yeah. Last year, uh, someone on his uh, staff, uh, while he was doing sort of rallies around uh, the country for different Democratic uh, reps for the midterms, they got a hold of me and they said that that they and a bunch of the staffers were were fans of the books and that they wanted to invite me out because Joe wanted to talk to me. And so we went to uh, here in Kentucky. He did a a, a fish fry. <laughs> and um, uh, apparently, you know, so I had met Joe once before. Um, he didn't know that I wrote the book, but I met him once before. And I was woefully underdressed in a T-shirt and jeans. And he kind of patted me on the shoulder and said, thanks for making an effort, Andrew. <laughs> were, you were wearing a blazer too, right? I was wearing a blazer. I was wearing it because I put it on over the t-shirt, but he just was like, thanks for making an effort. You know, like I was. And so for the second one, I was like, I'm doing the whole thing. 
tie, uh, you know, dress pants, everything. And I show up. For a fish fry. Yeah. And I show up and it's a fish fry and Joe is in his jeans and he's got a baseball <laughs> cap on and I just look like the biggest dummy this time. And I'm like, are we ever going to, uh, you know, meet up? where we're both kind of dressed the same for a good picture where, where one of us doesn't, where I don't look like the dummy, you know, I go, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So, um, I, I, but, yeah, I don't know if it's possible. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, it, and the, the fun thing was, is that it, we were actually seated like right in front with like the former democratic governors, uh, two of them of, Kentucky. And so it was them. And then my wife and I, and people just kept like looking at us like, who, who the heck are those? And I'm like, I wrote a book. I, <laughs> I wrote a book. And that when he got off stage, they're like, the first person he's going to talk to is you. So, so you've, he's coming right up to you. And so I'm like, not the governor. And they're like, no, he's talking to you. And I was like, oh no, is he gonna, is he mad about this? Is he mad about the book or something? But, you know, he just had complimentary things to say about the book. I don't know if he had read it, but he had a copy. And, of course, he signed a copy for me. And he was signing copies for other people. People were bringing it up to him at his rallies saying, could you sign this? Which is why I think he was like, bring me this kid. I want to meet this kid who's writing about me. So the fun thing is that um, the second book starts off with the fictional Joe Biden finding a copy of Hope Never Dies at a bookstore and being like, who the heck wrote, well, who's writing this stuff about me? That doesn't look like me. I've never driven that kind of car in my life, you know? <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, so, so it was, it was a lot of fun. And I thought we'd talk about the book in person. Instead, he found out that my wife is from like the same town in small town in Kentucky as I think his brother-in-law or sister-in-law or something. And they just talked about this small town for a couple minutes there. And I was like, okay, fine. That's a total Joe moment. It was just like, he, he just found like the smallest thing to connect on. And, and it was, it was, it was pretty funny. Your wife is a writer as well, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Tiffany Rice. She writes uh, women's fiction, uh, gothic novels, uh, and erotica uh, for Harlequin books. Do you, do you think he read her books instead? <laughs> um, you know, I don't know, but in, in Hope Never Dies, I had Jill reading a Harlequin romance and I did have one reviewer. I usually don't respond to reviewers unless I've been drinking. And I had one reviewer though, that wrote, uh, that wrote, they wrote, how dare you make Jill read this fluffy romance stuff? You know, uh, how, how dumb do you think she is? She's a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I had to respond and I'm like, excuse me, my wife writes that crap, I, that, that stuff. <laughs> Sorry. You know, and, and so I was just like, and, and I was like, I was like, how, you know, and, and a lot of romance fans are doctors and lawyers and people with jobs. It's not a, you know, this idea that the only people reading this are sort of the, um, the 1950 people stuck in sort of the 1950s housewife type role is just so outdated. Um, now my mom was a housewife and she did read romance. And, and so I've always had romance novels in my life, but I never would think that 
you know, reading a book, even if it's 50 shades of gray, um, even if it's 50 shames of Earl gray, you know, whatever you're reading, at least you're reading, right? Oh, we completely agree. And, um, in respect to Jill Biden, you portrayed her very well. We absolutely agreed with everything you had her do lunching and brunching with friends. Has, she's definitely seen out and about in the hot spots here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think you probably were able to get into her mind pretty well. Well, I think the, th- the thing about that is she hasn't read the book either, um, but she did mention it in her recent um, autobiography that she wrote. Um, she oh. just, it just came out this year and I was listening to it actually. And, um, it's a pretty interesting listen. And I was listening to it and about three quarters of the way through, she starts talking about her husband and Barack Obama and how their friendship is real. And then she's like, and then she starts, she mentions hope never dies and is like, well, they aren't really sleuths in real life, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh. And she goes, and I haven't read the book though. And I'm like, oh, did you have to say that part? I go, well, you know, but yeah, it was, it was funny though. Cause I was listening to it and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She talked about it. I mean, of course, of course she knew about the book. I, I don't, I don't know if she knows she's in it, but she, you know, but you know, in the second book, uh, she doesn't show up, but Michelle does show up. Um, so I sort of flip-flopped the spouses and, mm-hmm. and someone said, well, why don't you have one where their spouses, someone said, why don't you have one where their spouses team up? And I said, well, why don't you write that? You know, that'd be, you know, I've, you can I've write, re- you can write fan fiction for my fan fiction. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and you know what? And I won't even sue you over it. Okay. That's how, <laughs> how much I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So speaking of fan fiction, I told you before we started, I have an idea for the third book in the series. Okay. Okay. So last year, um, you talked about how when you initially were sort of workshopping the idea of this Obama Biden mystery, you really wanted to set it at the Iowa State Fair. Yes. Yeah. You grew up with it's something, you know, you know, all that. And your editors were kind of like, nobody really wants that. So please. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and so you said, okay, well, let, if we set it in Delaware, there's a connection to the story, like more organically. Yeah. But yeah. now you can set it in Iowa for next year. Yeah. For the third book. Yeah. And so I'm very excited because obviously I don't, I don't know. I'm not from Iowa, but I don't think the state fair happens at the same time as the caucuses or is that. Or no, the state fair happens in August and the caucuses are in January when it is freezing cold. Out. Yeah. I was thinking they are at the same time, but for the purposes of yeah. the story, since it is fiction, they will be happening at the same time. Oh, excellent. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So then there can be some sort of mystery at the state fair that they need to solve, but also Joe Biden, he needs to be at the caucuses. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, yeah. there's a, a lot of slipping security and misunderstandings. I think that could be going on. This sounds Mm -hmm. like a race against time. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, you know, yeah. The, the, one of the biggest things in the, in the second book here and is that there is more of sort of a race against time. The whole book takes place over 48 hours. And so the second book is much, it's much faster paced than the first book. I would say the first book was a little bit like lethal weapon. The second book is a little bit like die hard. And I mean that in, multiple ways because uh they do scale uh uh 
the Tribune Tower in the book, and Joe also does not have his shoes on while he does this. Um, so little shout out to Die Hard there. And, but no, I, I thought I, you're totally right on. They, the, the book has to have a sense of urgency, I think. And uh, that's the one thing I learned with, you know, mysteries and thrillers is, is it's not enough just to have them set at the fair and have him milking cows and eating ice cream. There has to be, you know, there has to be a sense of urgency is there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be in Iowa f- for the state fair this year. And so, you know, maybe I'll run into Joe and I'll, I'll run this idea past him, you know, and see what he thinks. Um, <laughs> I think it could be great. And I will not even sue you for using my idea. Oh, awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much. You know, some authors, some authors go, oh, I can't even listen to someone tell me an idea because if it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? No. If it comes down to it, you know, I'll just deny I ever heard it from you and I'll just steal it. So please tell me all the ideas for future sequels and stuff you have. Uh, send them to me through email. <laughs> when actually that leaves a trace. Uh, I need you to tell I was going to say, we, we are recording this t- to post publicly. So, you know, oh, but I, like I said, you can have it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you can have okay. it. You can have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's true. Um, I just thought this was just a weird three-way phone call and, uh, we are recording this. <laughs> do you, um, do you have an idea for a third book? You don't have to tell us what it is to ruin the surprise, but do you have an idea and like, has it changed at all given, um, that Biden is, um, running for president now? Um, it hasn't changed because the idea that I have is so... And so what I always try to do when I write is I know what people's expectations are for some stuff. You know, you just, people are like, oh, well, I have this expectation that, you know, the first book is this, the second book is this, and the third book is going to be, I'm like, no, you need to be thinking outside the box, like Back to the Future, okay? Back to the Future 1, Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3, huge departure, but it was the right choice, you know? So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of what I've got in my mind is the third book is like the Back to the Future 3. And I'm not going to say that there are, you know, horses and gunfights in it. Um, but, uh, I mean, if it was set in the 1870s, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Apparently, you're not going to say that they're not horses and gunfights. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there might be, but you know, I, uh, I, you know, so I, so I kind of want to always uh, zig when someone else says zag or something, you know, and so uh, that's I've got an idea, and I told it to my publisher, and they were like, "What happens if Joe wins the nomination? You know, does that change it?" And I go, um, "Absolutely not." And they said, "Well, what if he doesn't win it?" Because, you know, that's, you know, that would be heartbreaking. And I go, it would make him the ultimate underdog in the story. Don't you get it? Um, But I've had to, I've had to try to do a thing where I don't think about, you know, what's going to happen. Because if I follow every single bit of, you know, Joe Biden or Barack Obama news, that's out there or something, I'll just go crazy. You know, you just, nobody can consume that much that much news and 
you know, I, every time the poll numbers come out, I can't be watching that and be like, oh, I wonder uh, how that's going to change my next book. So that's why I said I, I've got an idea that's that's totally bonkers. Um, and that's all I'll say right now. And I'm saying there might be, there's not not horses in it. <laughs> well, I think I'm intrigued. So I hope that you do write it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I've, Me no, too. I've got two, I'm excited. Okay. I've got two readers here. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. And we have, we have um, two or more listeners. We can refer to them as multiple listeners. Oh, that is great. Hello. Li- <laughs> hello, listeners. I'm New York yes, Times um, bestselling we- author, Andrew Schaefer. Hello. <laughs> you are so He's lucky to be listening. Directly. He's oh, uh, sorry. Right to you. Yeah. Can they hear me? Can they, they can hear me. This is awesome. <laughs> they can hear you. So, um, with that, I, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, Dee, do you want to give just the, the details for the event with Andrew coming up in Hokesson? Yes. So we actually have two events with Andrew coming up. Um, and Andrew, feel free to, to jump in if there's anything that, um, any updates or additions. So first you will be at Hocassin Bookshelf or not at Hocassin. You will be at a happy hour at Drip Cafe in Lantana Square organized by Hocassin Bookshelf. Um, so there'll be a yep. Q&A yep. and happy hour on Friday, July 12th from 6.30 to 8.30 PM. And, and there's a cash bar. There's there's a cash bar, so there's a five dollar five dollar cover charge, but I'm told that one dollar from each cover will be donated to the Bo Biden Foundation. That's um, right. And you're encouraged to RSVP at Hocus and Bookshelf at Verizon.net. Not you, Andrew, because you've already RSVP'd. Um, I'm sending listening- an email right now, though. Anyway. I- <laughs> so they were really great. You were really great last year because they had such an overwhelming response. Um, I think they they broke your night into two sections. <laughs> they um, did. So I think it's going to be pretty popular again. Um, but if you miss Andrew on July 12th, you can catch him on Sunday, July 14th. But you will have to go down to the beach. Um, so he'll be at Browse About Books in Rehoboth. Um, on Sunday, July 14th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., you are also encouraged to register for that um, through an Eventbrite link that can be found at browseaboutbooks.com. Oh, my gosh. And I'm also doing Bethany Beach Books, too. Um, so that's going to be on Saturday, July 13th, from 7 to 9 p.m. What? So... Yeah, that's like a lot of stuff, right? That's three solid days in Delaware. And then I'm in Philadelphia on the 15th of July. So that's sort of Delaware adjacent. I mean, you can see Delaware from Philadelphia, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, Probably when, when the weather is good. When, yeah. when the weather is good. And yeah. Um, so yeah, so a couple of days on the beach, and then I throw on my uh, gritty NHL jersey and head over to Philly. People do love their Philly sports. Delawareans are very into gritty. He has come onto the scene with a bang. Do you know how much it costs to rent gritty? To rent him, I don't it's, know if you say lease or rent. It's very but, expensive, um, yes, and also yes. he just he just will say no. So I um, there is a podcaster Ashley Hesseltine who is from Smyrna, Delaware, and um, her podcast is Girls Got to Eat. So it's a sex relationship comedy podcast. She's a stand up comedian and writer as well. Okay, and they came to Philly 
they did a comedy club. They ended up selling out so quickly that they added two more nights of shows. So they did three nights in a row and she tried to get gritty and they just responded. No, no. What? I heard that the price to even get him to talk to you about it is $3,000. And that is, uh, it it is not a cash bribe that you give him. You have to buy like $3,000 in tickets to the NHL, whatever their little NHL club is. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because I don't, I just know Grady. I don't know anything about hockey and uh, it could be soccer. I don't really know what they call it in the United States. And, um, and so, yeah, $3,000 just to start talk, just to start the conversation. And I'm like, what? I feel like that's probably about right, which is which is sad. So I I guess he won't be at any of the Della Darling events soon. Um, but maybe when you do your third um, Obama Biden tour, you, you know, we'll be able to afford it. Oh my goodness, that would be uh, you know I would I would totally love that uh, if Gritty's listening. Um, you know, uh, I want to get that conversation started now, Gritty. So uh, give me a call. Um, yeah, you can. You don't have to. Well, since yeah. you're in so many places, we will um, link out yeah. to the events that you mentioned, and we'll link out to your website so people can find you at whatever local reading works best for them. Yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, come to one, come to all three, uh, come dressed up as Grady if you want. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm. You know, maybe. And and what I've got this year, actually, I've got some really fun giveaways. We've got uh, Joe Biden and Obama scented candles that we're going to be giving away at events. Um, They really smell just, uh, I want to use the word amazing, but that's clearly not the right word. Um, They smell so interesting. You'll love them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it it one candle or is it it a, a pair of candles? Oh, it's a pair of candles. Um, it, okay. uh, yeah, because uh, they haven't made one that's sm- that smells like both of them together. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a licensing issue or if they're just they can't recreate that chemistry. But uh, but you know, it's it's uh, it's it's we've got that. We've got. I think we're gonna have some giveaways of some Joe Biden and Barack Obama action figures too. Um, um, call to action figures. I like to call them. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. they've they've got. So we've got some of that. We've got, uh, and I've got a couple of Trump balloons, uh, the baby Trump balloons. Well, Andrew, it sounds like your events are going to be great, and I'm sure listeners are are looking forward to it and are racing to RSVP. So, um, oh, I thank you, thank you for you know, thanks for having me on here, and thank you to both of your listeners. Um, <laughs> you guys are you guys are so great. All two plus of you. Um, so again, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us, and we can't wait to read Hope Rides again. Yay.